0: Hey everyone, welcome to Moms Talk Autism today. We are polling our audience, which is you, and we are going to answer your questions today. So stay, 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 blah, 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 stay tuned. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right, we're going to do some grab bag today. And we are excited to talk to you about your questions, your burning questions. You've been dying to ask <laughs> us, right? So first on the docket today is how do you do we have any tips on how to work with um, feeding our children like s- sensory wise, specifically sensory wise? Are there certain things that you could do with um, you know, if you're struggling with trying to get your kid to eat certain things or a variety of things maybe, not even mm-hmm. necessarily healthy things. What
1: does is, what is Jean say? Anything that's not beige? <laughs> yeah, to eat anything that's not beige, it is a it's huge challenge. Oh it's a win. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, it is a win when it's when it has some slight hint of color.
1: Oh, gosh. That's funny.
2: Uh, so you want the – okay. So – why, even though we are currently not successful in the eating arena, there was a time that we were progressing in that manner. And there were things we were doing that were very, very helpful, um, and, and were very effective. Um, so there was a program called SOS, which is a, it is a data-based or data, you know, data-backed, um, feeding program that really is aimed around your child's sensory style and it was being carried out by our speech and occupational therapy team and they were a team. They worked together cohesively um, to work this program and we were seeing a lot of benefits from it and it was also very respectful and I would say the mo- the most important thing a feature about it. it was it was very, mindful about his own personal autonomy. Now, um, for quite some time, we also had a nice collaboration with our ABA team at the time. And I want to say Rory was about four and five years old. This was the kind of time range um, that we were in. And that team was being trained um, so they could generalize and carry over the same practices like during other feeding times um, while he was at the therapy center. And it was really, really helping. Um, but then a new BCBA took over and, without my permission, was completely, she had a different agenda. and it was her methods and what she was allowing the RBTs to do became very conflicting with the therapy that he was had again, the food therapy program that was working. Um, and, um, then he went completely backwards and he went so backwards that he actually stopped eating for a while. And then we got another new BCBA and she started another new program protocol with him that was called my way uh, the layman's term, but the medical term is ISCA. Um, it's double I S C A, and it's a program. It's a, it's a basically a self advocacy program, but allows to build trust and really does respect the child's autonomy. Um, and then after that, we tried doing um, ate the plate, um, and there's a there is an Instagram page for this, and it's at the number eight, the plate. Um, it's a program feeding program for any child. Like it's really great. I think for toddlers, we were doing it with McKenna. Um, I don't know if it was the age. I don't know if it was also that so much harm had been done in the past feeding program that he was in, um, that it just wasn't working um we weren't finding it to be effective and so you know we constantly are back the only crutch and the only thing that we still manage to do or, or have in our tool belt to fall into to if we want to try to get anything into him or get him to try anything new is that progression of you know touch kiss mm-hmm. lick chew swallow that whole thing. And um, the team at school is trying that to get gains and getting him to even eat foods that he used to usually eat. Um, so right now, I mean, he's basically surviving off milkshakes and a variety of other beige mm. foods. And so my kid is still alive. So <laughs> still- if you feel like you're failing and he gets supplementation and I haven't given up hope. And in fact, the irony is is that he has uh, upcoming his annual IEP meeting coming up and I'd already gently uh nodded to the fact that I want to be get creative about what what can we do to again to get back to increasing his feeding repertoire. You know, I know that again, your IEPs is a reminder that your IEPs are not just about educational goals. It is about the holistical well um, and livelihood of the child, um, and for them to be a full functioning adult once they leave the educational, um, system. And so obviously fee food, <laughs> it's a basic need here. Um, and so you can definitely make the case for that. And I know they very much care about that. It's, um, so I mean, it, I mean, and I know we've done other things too. I can just, I can just as far as program wise, those are the two main ones that I can spec out that,
0: Okay. You know, can you say them again, Gene? Because I'm going to try to put them in the show notes. So there's the eight, the plate with the number eight. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other one? Uh, SOS. SOS. Is it like mm-hmm. SOS food therapy or just SOS or? <laughs> Hold
2: on, let me. Let me. Um, we can look it up. It's, it is. is that it, what?
1: I think that's what they is, did with. Um, I don't. I can't remember what it was called, but that's what they did. Same thing in speech and occupational therapy. Outside of school, with Jack. With Jack. Um, yeah. Yeah. It would be like the last fifteen minutes of his of his uh, therapy. We would bring in, you know. Um whatever it was like three things that he would eat and then two things that he wouldn't eat. Yeah. Um and and it would be the same kind of concept, you know. Touch it, now touch it to your mouth, now touch it to your tongue, now take a bite and spit it out on the, you know, all done plate. Um and and then and then progressively moving, you know, forward to it being taking a bite and swallowing. Um which we I- we continued on at home as well but I, mm-hmm. now we're in a spot with Jack you know where um uh he's 9 you know so he does understand i guess to a degree you know that that it's important to try these different things and that he you know he may not know if he likes them um because he, Jack was so rigid that even if it was something that was a fun sweet treat like he knew it was you know <laughs> He he would not, if he didn't know, he would, nope, I'm not trying that. You know, like if it was a piece of chocolate, um, if he didn't know it, he wouldn't try it. So we we have definitely, we've progressed out of that. I mean, Jack still does very much have the same <clears throat> diet almost daily, you know, same food regimen, but, um, but he is getting better. Like last night, you know, we added on. And we have to do this with Sloane too,
0: our typical child. Because I was gonna she ask because I know you've is, yeah, you've struggled you know, with do like, as Well,
1: oh my gosh, Jack last night would he, he ate, you know, all of it so, so he could get his iPad and watch his <laughs> iPad during dinner. And oh, she love. was screaming and throwing a tantrum over, you know, just taking one little nibble off of a raspberry. So, you know, um we 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 have the same, you know, we come into the same issues that we do with, with Jack in the, the sense of sensory, but, um, I, but I will say, and, and this is not to say that he, you know, ch- the children out there are going to grow out of it, but Jack has the older that he's become, he's become more, um, I guess, reluctant of trying, you know, trying new things and at least, and at least taking a bite of it and, and, you know, the tiniest bite and eh, it's so, so disgusting. I hate it. And, yeah. and, um, and then he's done, you know, and then we do it the next night.
0: <laughs> right. So. so yeah, I would say as the, as the most experienced parent here, whatever that <laughs> means, it just means I've been a parent the longest you guys, that's yes. all that means. But, um, having gone through more stages, I guess, of this. So my oldest my oldest child is almost 19. And Austin, my nonverbal guy, my non-speaking guy, who has some pretty extreme eating habits, is 16. And um, at the stage that Tosh and Jean's kids are now, it's probably when it was one of the most difficult for Austin, um, I would say. Uh, It's that kind of pre- pre-puberty time when they're not, I mean, they're growing, but it's nothing like when they hit those really big growth spurts that are just around the corner for both of you. Mm -hmm. And I noticed um, a significant change once we started hitting those growth spurts because, I I, I don't know if you guys remember being that age, but you're just starving all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. That's what I'm hoping. Yes. And and do hold on to that hope. But he's
2: basically... but he's still starving right yeah. now because he basically is. I mean, I'm not going to lie. He has hair on his legs. He has some little has wispies, some wispy hairs Aww, growing on baby. his lip, And there is some there is some hair on a schmeckle. Yeah. yeah. Schmeckle.
0: Is that a technical term? <laughs> oh. That's a that's a Yiddish yeah. term. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, Yeah. All of those things. Yes. So. <laughs> What that means Sorry, though, I'm and- <laughs> dying right now. I can't. <laughs> I'm going to bring you back into track, girls. Uh, no, but uh, just because. I'm here for that, really. <laughs> um, there is, I'm not saying that this is like, don't worry about it. It'll be fine once they hit puberty and they start eating mm-hmm. a ton. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I guess I need to back up a little bit and say if you are regularly going to the doctor and your child is weighing and growing appropriately and your doctor does not seem concerned about their overall health, whether that means you do a blood test or you're doing the height and weight or whatever that is, if things are like, quote, normal, you know, as far as their growth, then you need to, A, cut yourself a little slack. Okay? Mm -hmm. This is not something that you're going to be crying yourself to sleep about at night if everything is Healthy, then we're good. But you just keep trying. Okay. Yeah. And when they, it's just like body training or just anything else. Like you just Mm -hmm. keep presenting it, you keep offering, you keep showing. And eventually they're going to hit this growth spurt and they're just going to be starving all the time. And mm-hmm. there will be the opportunity for them to possibly try some new things or be more willing to because they're so hungry. Got to use that all those natural impulses we have to your advantage as well. That's kind of how I've noticed what's happened with Austin. Um, He has expanded his palate um, considerably since he mm-hmm. has become a teenager. Now he is still very, very picky. You know, if you compared him to your typical sixteen-year-old, but there is a lot more variety in his diet. Um, all of my children are pretty picky in their own way. My mm-hmm. oldest is probably the most typical, I would say. He'll he'll eat. Right now at nineteen, he's basically a garbage can. He'll eat anything, which is great. Um, Austin has come around a lot, and we can get a lot more vegetables and like kind of mixed foods, like a casserole or something like that in him, which is huge. He never would have done that at. Rory or, um, Jack's age. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Tyler, my, my 15 year old now is he's been my pickiest and he's neurotypical. Mm -hmm. He's been so picky. And the thing that kept me from freaking out too much about him was the fact that my youngest brother growing up was extremely picky in a very similar way that Tyler is now. And, um, I watched my little brother who's 13 years younger than me. Um, eat a lot of very, very limited things. Um, and as he grew up and especially in his late teen to early 20 years, as he was away from home, attending school, you know, in different places that were not his, his typical setting, he expanded his palate. And mm-hmm. now he is the most adventurous eater out of anyone
1: mm-hmm. in our
0: family. I can't tell you the number of times he's called me up and be like, oh, I just tried this great Ethiopian place. We need to go try it. Like, yeah, all about it. Like it's it's night and day from the kid who would only eat chocolate Costco muffins covered in whipped cream for breakfast every morning. Like literally, <laughs> guys. So I'm just saying I know <laughs> kind of gross, but I'm just saying um, Never ever give up. You just never know. And Tyler is now exhibiting the same behavior as a fifteen-year-old. He's expanding his palate. He's willing to try more things. And he, um, he had you know coconut rice with pot stickers last night. Chicken pot stickers, like just different things. And it, it, it. You kind of have to work at their pace. Yeah. In, in to a certain degree, right now. If there are health issues, then we need to look at it at a different approach and things. But it does. Right. It. I just don't want anybody um, spending so much time like just driving themselves crazy trying to get their kid to eat something. Try because the therapy. We all I know, I we all did that. Yeah. It's just <laughs> you know, and we're we to, to, to sleep it's, every night not, and that's not the hill I'm willing to die on. There's God, no. other things I'm more oh, worried gosh. about. So absolutely not. Right. Well well,
2: the culinary yeah. person who went to school and took nutrition, this like sure. me inside, I was dying. Yeah. And I would say and I was panicked. I I was panicked because I had a deep belief that, you know, food is medicine. And I then also had these ideas of like, you know, I was going to feed my kids kids like French kids, you know, um,
0: don't we all They were going to eat
2: everything under the sun. I mean, my my daughter was I could take her to the farmer's market and she's like eating every obscure thing under the sun. And now she's a little bit more reluctant again, but she still is my good eater. I can get good, substantial yeah. stuff in her, even
0: even vegetables. And that's you know. a really good point, like, um, Jean, is like it goes in phases, like phases, every kid. It's sure. it, mm-hmm. it's I'm, I'm doing like the wave with my hand, like up and down, and like it is it, that happens. Well, developmentally, it is natural, especially at the two year old
2: mark you will see that decrease. If your kid had this nice increase in repertoire of foods moving up to two, uh, it can fall mm-hmm. off a cliff. Now, a typically developing child, it's, Typically, will rebound back. Now, the thing that we obviously took notice of is that it didn't. Um, and I will say, it's funny you're talking about in our t- typical kids. So my brother's um, ten years younger than me. He's the same age as my oldest niece, and he was a terrible eater. This kid ate three, four things: pizza, chicken nuggets, bacon, and applesauce. Okay, that was his diet until he was about, I don't know. 16. I don't know whatever year I also got married. Then all of a sudden he ate everything at my rehearsal dinner and all of a sudden like that his entire palate changed. All of a sudden he would eat foods that he never ate before and it was just it was just like yeah. that. And there was no explanation for it. Some of it is is mind um but it is really important I will say for our kids cuz they have such a distinct sensory profile it's not worth forcing. And I agree very, I, I want to give the disclaimer that you will have, there will be, and there are um, very aggressive food therapies out there that, that are also backed by data. And you may have therapists that will convince you of them, follow your mama oh gut. My. Because I, I tell you that I, I didn't even agree to any of them. Right. I was. It was kind of coercively getting spun in there without my. What? How do you? Um, what is? What is the word? Yeah. Permission. Uh, I want out – There's another word I'm was <laughs> looking for. Come. Uh, what is? What, um, <laughs> begins with a C. Begins with a C. Begins with a C. Uh, consent. Consent. Boom. Consent. Words, that are, magic hard, word, Words consent are hard, guys. Words are hard. Without my consent, they are hard. Um, executive functioning might be on the struggle bus just a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, and sometimes you won't know those things and those can be, you know, I don't, I say these things to just to pay attention, trust your mama gut. If there's anything that ever I can from our, whether not even mistakes, but just things that have happened,
0: this is what we're here for is, you know, cautionary tales mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um you that it's super I, think, I think the best thing we could say overall, if we're just going to sum it up, would be keep trying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: look and look and if you're if you're really, really concerned and you have that support and availability to do a a, a um professional therapy of some kind that's food centered, give it a try. If it's not working, listen to that mama gut and and stop. but but just keep trying on your own. And if it's not working, if you're hitting a rut, if you're in that low point, of just just you know on that bell curve right don't freak out just mm-hmm. see if it passes keep checking to make sure that their overall health is is good and then and then just wait and it's just like potty training or anything else one day they'll wake up like that's the way Tyler was I'll never forget I tried for six months to get that kid to go potty and then one day he just woke up and he's just like I think I'll use the potty today and that was it he potty trained himself. And I'm end not of saying story. <laughs> end of story. That was it. But that's how it is sometimes, right? And I'm right. not talking that's going to like perfect. Like he never had an accident again in his life. He never regressed eating food or whatever. But there's those little jumps, right? Yeah. And it will happen in one form or another. It will change. Um. Just, and
1: yes, yeah. just, just tip tip lightly along. around around the you know the the people that claim this. Oh, if you if you've, you yeah. Know, pe- your child, all of these things. And, and, you know, then, then everything will be perfect. Everything will be perfect. And they'll start doing therapy better. And they'll start, you know, just like, be be leery of that. That was, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, right? Yeah. Yeah. uh, It's very enticing.
2: I mean, we could go, that's a whole nother wormhole but I, I'm glad that you brought that up because that is a big component of it. All of that, those promises. And then you definitely, it's not even if it's those people learning you, it's also your friends and family that again are very well-meaning. They would be like, Oh, I heard that broccoli cures autism or, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. You're going to get that if you haven't already gotten it and um, us well-seasoned parents, um, we know that is not a None thing. Smile,
0: yeah. Um, something else too that probably has really helped us. Last thing is um, just access in general. Um, we do keep our our pantry and other areas of food. Some of them are locked for safety reasons and for overindulgence. Um, that's a that's an issue for Austin, particularly. But I also do allow him, with supervision, access to the entire pantry. I'm interested to see if he'll grab something you never know. And sometimes he does. And, and that's great. He is eating, um, these new peanut butter granola bars out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Now I have mm-hmm. to keep him away from him because he'll eat 10 mm-hmm. of them in a day, <laughs> but that's great. Like, I'm so glad he's eating that. Um, now it never would have thought in a million years, the texture on that thing. I mean, there's so many different flavors. He's, he's into them, but I never would have known that if I hadn't let him just kind of poke around in the pantry and grab one of his brother's granola bars. So, yeah. Just keep that in mind. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, next, um, how um, does anyone have any particular experiences with car seat or car, car seat alternatives that you have had with your kids throughout the years? Jean's making a face. Yeah. Um, She's nodding her head. So we've got some stories here. I I have a few as well. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard about anything for Tosh. Um, no, I've never had any issues. You've been able to just do the normal car seat thing, thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, Jean, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your car seat journey with Rory, and um, we'll just have a little chitty chat about that. So,
2: that period, that year between. Four and five, and you know, a little after the five-year mark, um he was eloping like crazy. And it was inside of the car, out of the house. Um he would also, without you knowing, he would turn the child locks off. Um, I didn't know he was doing that. Uh so there was this apparatus that I did order. I was very conflicted with doing it, um, and it was actually it it f- fit in to your current five point harness, um, and it wasn't, and it just restricted them. And it had a lock um, on the chest piece and a lock on the on the place between their legs, and the other reason why I was very conflicted about it was you know, for thought I was going to create further frustration and, and, and then I would have other behaviors as a result of it. Um, because it was infringing upon his autonomy and I was just really trying, I just felt I really wanted him to understand safety. And I felt like he was capable of doing it. He just had this impulse that we couldn't get it under control. Right. But it was a major safety issue. Um, but the other thing I was worried about with that was, first responders, what happens if there's a car accident and they're going to, they're not going to immediately come over there knowing that he has to be cut out of that. They're going to come over thinking they're going to try first to manually get out of it like a typical car seat. And so that, those are the kind of things I went through my head. Um, cause I'm a mom and have anxiety <laughs> as all three of us do. Um, and then, because we finally got the ADHD diagnosis and he started guanfacine, um, right after that, I mean, it was night and day we're, we're talking about those behaviors immediately reduced, like immediately reduced. And then we were able to really work on safety, um, like actual comprehension of safety and him understanding that. And he, um is very, very cognizant of like putting on his seatbelt and he needs a seatbelt and like it's it's an automatic thing and he knows he's not allowed to get out of it. Um we've had a few incidences since then, but like literally I could count on one hand over the span of the last five years since, you know, he started being treated. The other thing that we tried to do um why with that was that was that block that you can put on. Um So he couldn't push the button to unlock the seatbelt. So once he was outside of the five-point harness and just in a booster with a back, he then was, you know, he knew how to get out of the seatbelt and it was, I needed to, um, and that that really wasn't working. He figured his way out of that. He, of course he did. He He found toys to stick in between. He's not stupid. Um, And so, but... Honestly, it's been more of a managing for him. Again, this is for him. This is not all kids. Um, was managing his impulses and learning what that is, and obviously having the medication piece be a major tool on that. That is really that has really helped with that. Um, so that I'm happy to say, but I know many families that it's. It's beyond, it's not, it's beyond just being able to have medication as a medication. It's literally a, they're constantly having to reevaluate. And there's even ones where the kids like talk about the not eating piece, their kids and there are some kids. And again, they have other comorbidities, 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 words are hard hard today. Um, And They can't even, it's hard for them to find a seat that fits their child because of their size. And so we, I know there are unique situations like that as well. And, um, sometimes I I think some of those families have had things specially designed for their kids. And again, we all know, you know, and I think like, just like with, you know, the strollers, I think there's. There's medical car Mm -hmm. seats that you can, you can order. Um, And I know those are one extra steps, extra, you know, extra labor for, for you mentally and emotionally and possibly funds. Um, And these are challenges and nobody plans on them. And so I, you know, want our audience to feel seen and heard even though that
0: I, we didn't have to go to that level Per se, so um, Ruby has been much like Jack, and we have been able to talk to her about it. And she's been pretty good with car seats overall. She's in a booster now. She'll she'll be nine this year, Um, and she's her height and weight are almost to the point where she probably won't be in the booster very much longer. So we're good there. Um, Austin is a different story for us. Um, When we were doing five point harness stuff and the full you know car seats as a toddler and things. We never really had any issues. He could never quite figure out how to get out of them. We were lucky that way. Um, but as he has grown and he is now bigger than me, he's an adult sized person. Um, he's just in a regular seat with a seatbelt and he knows how to unbuckle it and will unbuckle it um while we're driving, and then he will try to open the doors and get out as we are moving the vehicle. The the car is moving. Um, he's done it multiple times. Um, I do not always provide all of his transportation. Yeah, he gets a ride to and from school, um, through his school's transportation system, which are minivans or smaller, you know, like uh, small SUVs. They don't use buses, uh, cause it's a small school. So, um, it's, it's a big, big safety concern for us, um, with Austin. And what we have found works for us is we've been able to do the thing where you, like Jean was talking about, it's like a little cover that you put over the seatbelt release button. So you can't unbuckle the seatbelt without a a specific tool that you stick down in there to unlock it. Um, And I also struggled with, um, I know that there's even more... uh, well, there, there's there's other alternatives to that too. There's, there's five-point harness type systems for adult-sized people. There are jackets. There's different things that you can do that clip in and things if you need to go to that level. We have not had to go there yet, but it is always a possibility for us that it may come down to that for us um, with Austin. Uh, he just, even on medication, even on speaking to him about it, years and years of riding in cars, he is not... Um, socially and safety aware enough to understand that if you unbuckle your seatbelt and try to get out of the car when it's moving, that is very, very dangerous. I don't know if he will ever be to that point where he's going to be cognizant enough to realize that. So um I struggled also with um what Gene mentioned of like, okay, well well then what happens if we're in an accident? What if, you know, he can't get out. He cannot get out on his own. He literally has to have someone else unbuckle him. And that's the nature of 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 the of the device that we're using. And it comes down to, well, am I going to let that keep me up at night? Kind of like we were talking about with the food thing, or if I'm, or am I going to try to look at this in a logical statistic way? Right. What are, what are the chances? What are the chances that I'm going to get in an accident to the point where I'm not going to be available to explain to a, um, a first responder that my child needs to be, you know, released from the vehicle with some help or the chances that he's going to get out of the car when I'm driving. I have to weigh those two things together. And what it comes down to is the chances of him getting out of the car, if he's just in a regular seatbelt with no restrictions is much, much, much higher than me being in a position where we're going to be in an accident where it's going to be life-threatening for him to be stuck in the car. Now it's there, of course, there's a possibility that's going to happen like any any time, of course, but that is statistically very, very insignificant compared to the chances of every time we're in the vehicle, he's going to unbuckle and do something unsafe, or even not even try to get out of the car, but climb up to the front seat and grab the steering wheel or play with the gear shift. Like all of those things have happened you guys. (laughs) So, um, I am willing to put him in the car and buckle him in to keep everyone safe. And, and that is, that's where I land right now it still comes up every once in a while. It still like creeps in the back of my mind. What's going to happen if we, you know, we're in an accident, but, but the alternatives are far more scarier and I have actually lived them. And so I'm willing to do that right now. We're always um, evaluating and checking and um, seeing if maybe do we still need to do this? Like, it's not like once we've done it this way with the car seat, that that's it. Like you, you can't ever like change or go back or, you know, adjust things because it, it, it can change. Uh, but, but you just, um, uh, you need to follow that gut. I don't know how many times we're going to say that in this episode or in this I know life of this podcast. You, you have to, <laughs> well,
2: I, what I didn't not, what I was nodding at when I was saying you turn off the child locks is because that's what Rory was yeah. doing. He was getting, jumping out of the car while it was moving. And that was very alarming. I had Quite a few episodes. Um, and then there was a time that then I tried to put the child lock back on. And then I, and when I did that, then the door wouldn't close mm. at all. And then we couldn't go anywhere. So I couldn't even drive anywhere. And I had to call Brad and I had to have him come meet us to one, get Rory to therapy. And then to then come back and figure out, look at the car manual and figure out how we can fix the car door. Um, it was very, it was not a very good time in my life. Um, it was a very worry. And what nurse, my friend, Julie, what nurse Julie said to me during that time, because I, again, I was so conflicted about what should I do? And I was vetting this all out with her, like what she does with her, you know, what does she recommend for her patients? Um, is that at the end of the day for her safety trumps autonomy. Yes. And so that was a very good line for me to hear that we weren't going to arrive to an autonomous stage where this could be managed by his own regulation. then for sure, without a doubt, that's what was going to have to happen. And I mean, we had the eloping from our house. I know we were talking about cars, but you know, I had to have that sign out front of my house for quite some time because I was so worried. He kept running into the middle of the street and we were like on a corner slash semi cul-de-sac and that, that was going to be it. That would be the end of it, you know? Um, and so it was, this is a safety thing. Safety trumps what looks pretty or perception or people's perception or opinions. Like I don't even care.
0: And and once again, that can change. Maybe that's just how it is. And it it will change. The sign didn't cut. Yeah, it will. It will change. I promise. It may not be necessarily like this wonderful, amazing, perfect change, or it might not even be for the better, but it's going to change. So just just keep in mind that it's whatever you're doing now or whatever you have to do now to keep your child safe isn't necessarily always going to be the case. So, all right. Um, yeah, there's lots of different car seat alternatives out there. Do some Google searching. Talk to... Um, OT and other therapists, and then go to a medical supply place that, that provides medical supplies for, um, it it can be for a variety of disabilities or for the elderly or just different able-bodied people, um, do a search for those and go in and, and talk to the people that work there. They may have catalogs or access to different, um, safety, you know, devices that are, aren't necessarily popping up when you do a google search. I've done that before and and had some good results. So, look into that. All right. So, last question. How do you help your children make friends? Um, and I want to ask Tosh this first because she has been I think really great about doing this lately as we've been talking on our little our own personal feeds on Marco Polo and things. She has um, really been looking and very proactive about trying to find some friends for Jack and, and for Jack and Sloan, because they're so close in age, really. And Mm -hmm. being able to cultivate those friendships, not only for her kids, but for herself, finding, finding some local friends for her. So can you talk Mm about a little bit about that, Tosh? Yes, I can. Excellent. It's hard.
1: I I feel like, you know, this is just a a hard subject, you know, whether, um, I, you know, with our diverse children or our typical kids. Um, and you think back to when we were kids, it's like, you know, it's messy. It's messy. And kids are messy and even adults are messy messier. Um, so, you know, like with Jack, ever since he was little and we would take the kids to a playground or whatever, it, it was that constant, um, you know, us helping him to engage other children in a, in a, um, format that, that could help him l- cultivate these friendships, right? You know, cause kid, kids didn't understand his repetitive, um, scripting and, um, and, that if we're if we're speaking on the level of, of you know a, t- a typical child with Jack, um, you know as Jack has gotten older though he's he his pragmatic conversation has has become larger, um, and you know his ability to you know talk to people or or other kids and make friends has has been easier, but there's still that struggle. There's still that breakdown. Um and so, you know, I think just like for us, it's, it's getting him involved in a lot of different things. You know, we got him um involved in the soccer, which was with other, you know, um, kiddos with disabilities, whether it be um physical or, you know, mental. Um, but having him in uh wrestling was a huge thing. And that was um, you know, we made lots of friendships there with other, I would say only typical, there was only typical kids in the wrestling. Um, but I've, I've also gotten pretty involved at the school with his teachers, um, his sped teacher, and also his gen ed teacher in just ways to figure out how to, um, teach the kiddos, the typical kids about, um, you know, those invisible disabilities um, and what it looks like and, and you know, more than just kindness, you know, like, um, I guess I can say like when we were growing up and, and, you know, we didn't know anything about autism and kids would be talking to themselves or whatever, we just thought they were weird. Um, but really trying to explain to kids, you know, what what this looks like? What their what it looks like for their you know classmates? Why they might do this or you know and try to um, pull it together with um, you know similarities to to them to themselves you know to a typical child. Um, but we you know I, I mean we just try to be involved. We try to be we try to just go places and educate people and get involved in different groups. Um, you know, our school has a, um, basically a PTO for um, children, you know, families with disabilities. Um, and that we're going to a game night here in in a couple Fridays um, where we're just meeting other families in our district with kiddos that have, you know, whatever it might be. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and so – you know, that's not always going to translate into a relationship with the parents, right? Like right. Um, sometimes it just happens that you get along with the, you know, with the other, um, you know, parent of a diverse kiddo and you can have that really close friendship with them as well. But, um, you know, just more importantly, we try to, if, if Jack has these these friends whether they're divergent or or typical that we try to continue, continue continually grow that and and flourish those relationships and and have him spend you know more time with them to build on his skills so yeah um
0: I think yeah. what I'm hearing from what you're saying is yes. exposure yeah, is important. Exposure is huge. Right? Whatever level that is, like you're getting involved in special needs things, in typical things, inside mm-hmm. school, outside school, mm-hmm. church. I mean what in your neighborhood, all of all those, of it. All the areas, right? So you're giving mm-hmm. yourself multiple opportunities to succeed and to have exposure for Jack. Yes. Not only for Jack, but for The rest of the world. Sloan as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And Sloan, too. Yeah. And Sloan, yes. But everyone else around them, right? And then, Mm -hmm. and then on top of that exposure, is then you have to evaluate. I know this is a lot on us guys. It is. It's just, this is the life we live and we have to be hyper aware and really look at all these different alternatives. But then with each of those exposures, what level of supervision or um, participation do you as a parent? Have to provide in order to make that exposure successful, right? Right. Um, do you have to be super involved when you take your kid to the park and and help them navigate not only the playground equipment but talking to children? Are you able mm-hmm. to just sit back and let your child develop those relationships naturally on their own, but you just, you're there supervising their safety and then you're just taking them to the park, right? You're the transportation. Mm-hmm. What level do you have to do that at? If you're getting your child involved in a sport, do you have to be on the field or on the court with that child participating at that level? Or can you be more there just in case of a meltdown or a sensory issue? Like you have mm-hmm. to look at it that way, right? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. We had Ruby in gymnastics for a while and um, it it honestly kind of depended on the day almost. There were Mm -hmm. some days where Mm -hmm. I could sit back and she could get through the whole entire class without me interfering at all. And she would just Mm -hmm. turn and wave to me every once in a while and we were good to go. There were other times where I would literally get on the mats with her and have to help her through 20 minutes of class. For whatever reason, it was just she was having a sensory day. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that you have to evaluate, right? When you have kids over to play, do you have to, um, or, or your child goes over to another friend's house to play? Do you have, do they need parental supervision and more, more help, hands-on help? Or are you able to just drop them off, you know? And those are all just different levels and once again, it can change, but, um, that's something to think about and to evaluate with each interaction you're having, but you're not going to get that exposure. You're not going to get those chances for friendship unless you unless try you seek it. and you go mm-hmm. out and you, <laughs> yeah, you, you find like, those, like
1: we've always with, um, You know, every new school year uh, with the SPED class, if it's, if there's new kids that have come in or whatever, we've always requested a phone tree, of course, if the other parents are comfortable with that, because that's our opportunity. That's our opportunity to be right there, you know, to have those kids that your, your kiddo is in class with every single day that they're learning alongside them with whatever their, you know, Mm -hmm. disability is or whatever. um, And, and that they, they already have a built-in buddy right there, you know? So, um, that, that's, that's like your easiest
0: opportunity. I think another Uh, really easy opportunity is a birthday party or like just even a park day. It doesn't necessarily have to be a birthday, but you have to be the one to maybe instigate that and pull that together. And I know that's not comfortable for everyone. It's not your thing. It's not my thing. I'll tell you that right now, but, but I make myself do it and we invite neurotypical and neurodiverse children Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that Ruby's going to play with everybody or that Austin's going to play with everyone, and it's going to be this magical, wonderful thing, and he's going to find his best friend. But it gives me an opportunity to meet people, parents face to face, learn to know the children's names and their faces, and gather phone numbers, email addresses, and that kind of thing. If mm-hmm. if that you know you don't have the opportunity to get a phone tree or something like that through the school, mm-hmm. so um, you have to you have and to create if it you're, if you're. T- If you're to that point where you
1: are comfortable educating people, then it's that moment to um, share openly about what, you know, what this invisible disability looks like because a lot of people don't know, you know, and, and being able to share that and explain that, um, um, just to grow more actual acceptance, you know, so what it's all about awareness and then acceptance. Yeah. 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 And it's good for your kid, too. It's good. It's good
0: for you. It's good for everybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, maybe one day be on their own or be, you know, whatever, maybe not. But, you know, and they and these are things that they will, you know, figure out, they will have to go out and figure out. So yeah, exactly.
0: All right, well, let's wrap it up today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. You don't, G- Jeanie doesn't, oh, to- well, I mean- <laughs>
1: doesn't get us well. I mean, say sorry, Jean. You don't get to say anything. Well, I will add. Sorry, I- <laughs> it is
2: hard. You're just
1: going to sit there. You're lucky is- that I said, "Hey, Jean, you want to say something?"
2: <laughs> I know because I'm just fighting for myself left and right She's over here. So I can only yeah. speak up so many oh, times, buddy. Yeah. I'm I'm having a rough I a was rough trying to be nice. That's very generous a rough, of
1: you. A rough twenty twenty twenty-three. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: so um they mori always has been wanting to make friends and it's in this year was a real big challenge for him, like him really realizing that he didn't have friends like his sister did, and he wasn't really able to articulate it. He was having a lot of like meltdowns and protesting and continued kind of scripting about what it would be like to have a friend. Um, So we definitely made that the focus of one of his goals and intentions inside of his um, educational plan. And so the current gen ed teacher that he has has really worked on that type of culture inside of the classroom um, where his classmates, you know, look out for him now, whether or not they consider him a friend for sure, but they definitely consider him and cheer him on. And he is a part of these like piece of woven fabric to their lives. Um Now he started uh, special Olympics this year. And so we're, we're starting to see where that will be able to lead him into having more permanent friendships. He still talks about his friends from the center. You know, he spent such significant time at his therapy center that he's very focused and still like asking to see them. And there were a couple that he was able to still see from time to time. Um, But it was also, it's really hard with how different everybody's schedules are and, and also living arrangements to be able to orchestrate those times to have those play dates. And it's also, specifically for in that situation with, with Rory and with Austin is that it does definitely require more one, like one-to-one supervision play visits. So if you're going to have a play date with Rory or Austin, like it's not mom, you know, it's not a mom. I'm very involved. (laughs) Mom is mom. Mom is like, it is way more involved process and that's what it, you know? And so it's more energy. And I think that's been where there's other moms that I've definitely wanted to create those opportunities, but we aren't going to get that freedom. Now I will say that special Olympics, I do get that freedom because there's coaches and adaptive PE teams that are supporting our kids and they're just focusing on our kids. So I don't need to do that, but I'm there, right. I'm there, but I then get to then fraternize With other special needs
0: moms, fraternizing during that that time (laughs) period—it
2: is fraternizing. I don't know why am I supposed to hang. Maybe that wasn't the right term. Maybe I don't know. I know that is that was an interesting twist. I mean, whatever you want to do, G. That's That's fine. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm fraternizing. what is it? There's another C word. Okay. There's another C word for that. Like carousing, just carousing around town with oh, the God. special needs moms. Um, <laughs> I'm very special. We all are. Right it's now. fine. I'm special. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Tom, yes. for, yeah. Yeah. Uh, these, that was in my brain, but I was like, but I was also like, mm, you know, We're it's, a, it's okay just going to plow a st- st- Staring st- off into it's, space. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I, but I was allowing Brittany to to allow allow Brittany to be her her best. What you just one. say, plowing over you? You are allowing
0: Brittany to plow you. <laughs> you know that's me. I love to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, somebody should. <laughs> Why well, she's fraternizing with you? <laughs> uh, well, now we will wrap it up. Okay. Oh, now, oh, now no. we will go. All right. Ready, wrap set, it up. go. All right. So, Bye. thank you, everyone. Thank you for being oh. here. Thank you for your questions. We uh, will continue to ask for more questions, and if If for whatever reason you don't see the opportunity for a grab bag, um, you know, sometimes we'll put that up on Instagram or whatever so people can Mm. submit questions. You can just do that on your own. If something comes to you on a random Tuesday, just send us a little DM or an email and uh, we will – quit making fun of me, (laughs) Tosh. And we will – uh, we'll we'll definitely add it to our list. We have an a ongoing list that's constantly changing and we want to answer your questions. So uh, our email is hello at mom's talk autism and our Instagram is at mom's talk autism. And just because Tosh is giving me all sorts of weird looks and being Listen. so rude. She gets to do. I am not with it. I am still in Hawaii. Fine. Okay. Fine. Use that as your excuse whatever i've still been, I, I mean still don't been we all want to be there right what mm-hmm. is your peak of the week gosh? what has brought you some joy other than hawaii mm. <laughs> she's still she's yeah, still in hawaii no. <laughs> um
1: just i think being like the kids you know this week have been just really lovey. and and um th- they always i guess are but uh, jack really expressing that to me is always just kind of, you know, has my heart. Um, cause he's not always the one to, to share it with, with words per se. So, um, but he did, (laughs) if anybody's ever wondering if their children are picking up on these things or whatever, um, Last night, him and Sloan were playing while Tyler and I were making dinner, and they were going from like the dining room in through the kitchen into the living room. And um, Jack was talking about um, uh, being Moses and, <laughs> and going to <laughs> keep going. Uh, he got, oh, I mean, he just got like all you know into the whole that or, or Moses. What did I just say? Moses.
0: Moses Before. opposes his toes are roses. That's why.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> yes, that's probably why. No, no, no. About being um, John and going into like Bethlehem and all of that, and just oh, I didn't know if we yeah, were yeah. going to be parting the Red <laughs>
2: Sea or talking to <laughs> I the burning bush. Yes, no, yes, or freeing the slaves from so, Egypt. I didn't know I, I where just, we were you know, going and we, with that.
1: And we talk. We do. We talk about <laughs> you know Bible stories, but it's not. It's not like yeah. often. You know what I mean? Like I can't even remember the last time. But he. It's. It's in there you know, it's in there, it's in there. And they are,
2: if if he likes Moses, he'll really like Passover. You should (laughs) definitely take him to one.
1: So we are, I mean, you know, so whether that is your religion or education or whatever it is, you know, they, they are hearing it. They may not be reciting it back to you or doing it perfectly in this perfect little box, but they're picking up on things, you know? Um, and that just had my heart, you know, I'm like, okay, he loves himself some that's Jesus. Great.
0: My job is <laughs> done. You did, did it. <laughs> I did it. All right, Jean. Dig deep, Gene. What's your peak of the week?
2: I don't. You there's don't have to dig I'm joking. I don't. There there's been. been lots of good things. Um, Rory, there, there really has been. I, they, they, I just had this reflection this morning of I'm very doesn't. That's the best part about you know, still doing lots of good, like, good work that aligns with, with, with my moral imperative for our, our, our kids, um, our, and our disabled kids and, uh, and disabled adults alike. But, um, the, uh, Rory started track, um, this week. Uh, with special olympics and that started and i actually think that's going to be like his best one yet and uh it's at, like the highest level participation out of all of special olympics so far that i've seen and um it's been really impressive so this was just really cute thing so one of these kids um, is uh mainly blind um he has other medical disabilities as well and so and he was this kid killed it in bowling he was on rory's bowling team like he killed everybody in bowling like it was blowing my mind this blind kid is like
0: she's got the touch. strike yeah, after
2: could, strike yeah it was that's incredible great. and this week with when they were practicing actually like running on the track like they did shot put and they did another thing but um for him, for for Jace, they had a rope that went along the track line with a tube that throttled along mm. the thing, and he was doing it, man. He was doing it. Now he wasn't moving as fast as the other kids. You know, there was even a kid that has CP, and he had his um, little. Uh, support with wheels. And that kid was so mm-hmm. fast. He was just roaring up the track. Like it was so incredible to watch them. Well, because Jace was like the last one to finish. Well, Rory ran over and he was behind coach Amy going, come on, Jace, you got this Jace, you do this chase. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm just like, I'm just melting. Yes. Like it's so awesome to see him because kids do that for him. Yeah. Like I hear kids do that for Rory all the time. I was so happy to actually see him fully engaged in doing that. And that was
1: unprompted.
0: Yeah. And Being so, that kid that um, you're trying that to raise. Yeah.
1: Or the end the kid, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The kid that you want other kids to be like to your right. kid, you know? Like it was,
2: it was yeah. awesome. It was so awesome. It was, it was just a great moment for humanity. Everyone should witness that. See, lives. your life isn't I'm a total massacre. Not at all. Not at all. No, it's not that. That stuff is totally beautiful and amazing and working fine. <laughs> Thank I God. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. My All heart right, feels Brittany. Good
0: after that, that uh, made me made my day. All right. Um, I have a big peek. Uh, we. Oh my God! That's a cliffhanger. Going. Keep I'm going. going. Get her, get, let her take a <laughs> breath. We. <sighs> God. We were able to find a respite worker. For my children. Um, We have been with that one for quite a while. In the state of California, we have um, hours that are assigned to our kids. You have to qualify for it. Um, And my children do qualify. And you can have uh, the state or your county help pay for a respite worker, a qualified and trained respite worker, to come into your home and help with your kids. Whether that's whether I'm here or I can leave um, the kids with this this person you know a babysitter but a a trained and qualified babysitter um who can help with austin and or ruby and we were able to find somebody um and we did some training last week and this week we have been able to have her be alone with one or both for small parts of time so it's been amazing i feel like a different person um I am not – like last night we had – okay, so she was over in the evening last night, for example. And I was here the whole time, but I was able to get things done. She was able – we were able to tag team it. I helped with Austin. She helped with Ruby. We switched back and forth. It's like having another me. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, we had – Austin had three significant meltdowns yesterday, and Ruby had one. Uh, It would have been a lot. It was a lot, even with the two of us. It was a lot. But if I had been by myself, by the time bedtime had rolled around, I would have been an absolute mess, not only exhausted beyond belief mentally and physically, but just have nothing left in the tank, right? if that had been to that point. Now I was still tired at the end of the day at bedtime. It was still a long day and it was hard, but I was not completely strung out because my Mm -hmm. respite worker, her name is Brooke. Brooke was able to take some of that off and help me during those harder situations. And I wasn't just at 0% at that point at bedtime. So I'm going to... PTL. It's so huge. It's so huge to have her here. I know it's not going to be permanent. She's in between um, her her graduate degrees and things, and this is a temporary thing. But I'm going to soak in every second yeah. of it and love every minute. Yes. Gratitude. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: And just and so she's doing right, wonderful. Yeah. She yeah. has not
0: batted an eye at anything we have thrown at her so far and um it's always nice to see somebody there they are there are those people out there you guys who can handle handle your stuff and we have we have stuff going into into some kind of field working with (laughs) she actually is she has a a degree Mm -hmm. and she is now working towards her graduate degree to become a speech therapist so it this helps her as well this is It's mutual, but mutually beneficial because she's getting some work experience with special needs kiddos, and that's going to look good on her applications and things. Also, so
2: it's very um, synergistic. synergistic. It's like very good. I love, I I love it. And you know what? Not only were you not at zero, but I do think this would allow you time to restore restore Mm. yourself, and that's Mm -hmm. moving moving
0: forward. That's. No, oh, no, I I'm not go gonna, do more yeah, I, I have Gene in the back of my head telling me that, right? No, this it's <laughs> going to be it, it is going to be trying to get some more things done, but it's also going to be being able to take some time for myself because I know I've got the extra you help there who can handle handle mm-hmm. the the stuff. So, yeah, mm. yeah, I say it in stuff. that that deep like foreboding voice mm. stuff because it is mm. sometimes it really is. Stuff. All right, well. That's it for today. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for listening to us prattle on and on. And um, we love you. We love you. Love you. Bye. I love prattle. I like That's that too. <laughs> I should say it Bye. in a British accent, prattle right? Prattle. <laughs> oh, my we goodness. Have lots of good So sorry. We will do episode. some uh, <laughs> vocal exercises. We're not sorry. I am. I messed up a lot. <laughs> Okay. I like it. L- listen, one. Blah blah blah. Lego. Right. Uh, Lego. game. Leg- All right. <laughs> See, this is why I have them in my life, you okay. guys. They bring me back down. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, love you. Wild. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>